This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Mavericks. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined by no one in the studio today. They've all deserted me, uh, although Brian Elledge, our fine producer, is, is in the back there in the board. Hi, hi Brian. Hi, Kevin. How's it going? I'm doing good. Great. The one-man show today. <laughs> no, Brian's going to bail me out. If I if I stumble, he's going to correct me if I make a mistake, which you know. Been working here at the Dallas Morning News for 34 years. I have yet to make a mistake. 34 straight years, no mistakes. Hey, we can do the whole show just talking about what you wrote. <laughs> oh, you know, for some reason it really bothers everybody when I reference things that I've written here. People just... People just don't like that. They 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 get all upset. I don't know what it is. Uh, so anyway, we're going to have Evan on uh, later to talk about the Rangers. Um, but David Moore is on vacation. And so was everybody else I tried to find uh, to come in and talk with me today. You know, I'm not taking it personally uh, that these people all just turned me down and said, uh, no, not, not coming in, not, not, not even talking to you on the phone. But we do have something we want to talk about. We want to talk about Luka Doncic, the Rookie of the Year. There were Brian. Did you know there were a hundred voters? One hundred, right I on the not. right on the right on the nose. Media voters for this Rookie of the Year voting. You want to guess how many of them voted for Luka first place votes? Ninety-five. You're close. You're very close. Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight out of a hundred. Uh, Trey Young of the Hawks, who was traded for Luka Doncic, as a matter of fact, got two. Two. 98 to two. How do you think that made old Trey feel? No. Not, not good. No. He was not happy about it. You know, uh, and look, here's the thing. He's, he's a really good player. Um, he ended up being the player as a rookie that everyone thought he was going to be halfway through uh, his only season at Oklahoma. You know, he just looked tremendous that first half of the season, uh, you know, the range on his three-pointers, you know, great uh, great distributing the ball. He was, he was just just great to watch. And then he really stumbled that second half, and so then people started thinking, well, maybe not. Um, and so when it came down to the draft time, the Mavericks traded up, uh, and they took uh, – well, they, they had the Hawks take Luka for him at three, and then – uh, and then they, then the Mavericks also obviously gave up a protected first round pick this year, uh, which is the point I want to talk about today. So, so look, so straight up, you know, you could say, would I rather have Trey Young or would I rather have Luka Doncic? Um, I think that ninety eight percent of voters would tell you uh, they would rather have Luka Doncic. Uh, there, there are a number of reasons for that. First of all, only one rookie has ever had a better 
season than the one that Doncic just put up, and that was a guy named Oscar Robertson, which is pretty good recommendation. Uh, if you are, if, if only the Big O beat you out, then uh, then you've done something pretty good. Now we can look across the the board at the numbers, and uh, and uh, Trey Young's numbers w- were pretty comparable for the for the most part. Uh, he had more assists, uh, about a, a one and a half more assists than uh, than Doncic had. He didn't have. I think he had uh, five fewer, three three to five fewer uh, rebounds per game, and maybe about a point less uh, on his points per per game. But the difference is not so much in that. You can look at some more advanced analytics and see that in things like value above replacement player, uh, in uh, box plus minus, that uh, Luca's numbers were far better than Trey Young's. And I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, um, Luca's just a bigger guy. Uh, and, and there's an old uh, axiom in the NBA: uh, if if all things else are equal. Go with the bigger guy over the little guy. Uh, for one thing, Luca can play anything from the one through the four when he needs to. Um, pretty much, Trey Young's a point guard. Uh, he could be a two. You know, he he shoots awfully well. He could do those two things. He's not doing anything else. Luca's not a great uh, defender, but he's a far better defender than uh, Trey Young is. And even though uh, Luca had some problems last year, a few little physical problems, nothing, nothing major, obviously, because he played seventy-two games. Um, when you got a guy who's kind of built on a bigger chassis, that they're probably going to be a little more durable than a guy like Trey Young, who's awfully small. Um, and and that that's something that you look at a little bit long term. So, uh, straight up, I would take Luca over Trey Young. Now, now, people in Atlanta might say, "Yeah, but but that's not all we got. We didn't just get uh, Trey Young for Luca. We also got a protected lottery pick this year, which they used the tenth pick is what that turned out to be, and they got Cam Reddish from Duke, who was playing on a roster with Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. How do you how do you have three top ten picks? And not win a national title, Brian. You don't know? No. No. <laughs> I'm not. You know, Mike Krzyzewski is supposed to be the best coach ever, the greatest coach in the history of college basketball. He has three top 10 picks, including the one and the three, and he doesn't win at all. I've got to tell you, I, I'm having a little bit of a trouble with that. I'm struggling with that a little I bit. I mean, I assume you don't score enough points, basically. That's it. Yeah. That's the key right there. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Brian. Thank you for that expertise. Way to go. You can turn off your mic now if you want to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so so we have um, uh, the third wheel on, on Duke's team. Uh, Cam Reddish, before the draft, or not, I should say before last season, was being projected by a lot of people as, as one of the top two or three picks uh, coming out of high school. He's really, you know, a really talented guy, a, a wing player, can do a lot of things. Very athletic, um, and so then he he plays his uh, one and only uh, college season, and he scored thirteen points a game, which is you know when you've got those two guys in front of you, uh, you know that's that's kind of hard to do. I mean, I don't want to hold that too much against him. That's the old line about Michael Jordan uh, that Dean Smith was the greatest defensive um, uh, player ever because he held Michael Jordan to sixteen points a game uh, in college. So you know it, it's it's a different animal playing there. Uh, 
And when you're playing in the shadow, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, maybe, you know, you could say, well, it's understandable. Uh, but there were games where he just disappeared. You just didn't really you didn't really see him at all. And I'm going to say that when he goes to Atlanta, he's going to be playing next to some pretty good players, too, including Trey Young. Uh, is he going to disappear there? Um, the point being that um, I think you can probably find a Cam Reddish. Uh, the Mavericks can probably find somebody like that, a comparable skill level skill set uh, that they can they can uh, put around Luca uh, in his uh, second year. They better find somebody better than that. Um, they're going to need something a, a better uh, talent package. Than those two, uh, this was not a particularly good draft, not a deep draft. You know, once you got past uh, those top three players, it was not considered uh, anything very uh, potent. Uh, look at the fact that uh, that the Hawks traded up, and with the fourth pick, uh, they took uh, uh, and I'm and I'm blanking now. From from uh, Virginia, DeAndre Hunter oh, I had a little bit of a senior moment there for just a second. I really like DeAndre Hunter. I, you know, I like Jarrett Culver of Texas Tech, and uh, and as a matter of fact, I I ran uh, Jarrett Culver's name past somebody I really respect. Uh, you know, longtime observer, and I was saying, you know, he reminds me a little bit of Clyde Drexler, somebody I covered uh, at the University of Houston way back in the dark ages. And this guy uh, looked at me like I was crazy. He said, you know, uh, he, he Jarrett Culver's a nice player, but but uh, Clyde Drexler would cut your heart out. He said, this guy is not that kind of player. Uh, Jared Culver's not. And then in the championship game, we saw what DeAndre Hunter did to Culver. He really kind of uh, put a lid on him uh, and was one of the reasons why they won that game. Having said that, uh, uh, DeAndre Hunter is a really nice player. He's a good defender, uh, and he's got a nice uh, – he's got some range. Uh, and he's, So he looks like a nice 3 and D player. But when you're drafting fourth, you better be getting a guy who is a little bit better, more explosive talent. DeAndre's not really an explosive kind of player. He's he's just a nice complimentary player. And with the fourth pick, you better be getting more than that, at least in, in a good draft. You know, the year before when Luka came out and Trey Young came out, the fourth pick was Jaron Jackson Jr., who uh, didn't have a great rookie season, but but they're still very excited about him in Memphis. They think that uh, you know he he looks uh, like some guys that have have been very very successful. A guy like Jermaine O'Neal, uh, he reminds a lot of people of him. That was a really good draft, and and, and last year's draft, DeAndre Hunter might have gone you know somewhere between ten and fifteen. And if if the Hawks are conceding that they like DeAndre Hunter better than Cam Reddish. Uh, which obviously they did, or they wouldn't have taken Hunter at four and then uh, Reddish at ten. Where does that mean that that Cam Reddish would have gone in last year's draft? Was was he like a fifteen to twenty uh, guy? Once you're once you're getting down that range, it doesn't mean that you you can't get a good player there. There were some good players in that 2017 draft that were were pushed down that far, uh, but it's just a little it's a, it's a more iffy proposition. Uh, the bottom line is that that the Mavericks ended up with a guy who is a generational talent, um, just as the their other one was going out the door. Uh, and the difference for me between uh, Luca, let, let, you know, we we talked about the difference between Luca and Trey Young. Uh, the difference between uh, let's say Luca and Dirk Nowitzki is that uh, 
obviously two different players, two different positions. Uh, but but Dirk and Dirk was certainly invented the stretch four, and, and he's a, he's the top twelve, top fifteen all time talent. There's no question about all that. But it was a little bit difficult to, for the Mavericks to find people to play alongside him. Um, he was not as versatile as uh, as you might like in a player. He was certainly not a, a prototypical power forward either. You had to find the right pieces to go around him, uh, and they struggled with that. Uh, that was one of the reasons why they struggled to find free agents to come here. I'll be interested to see how the Mavericks do attracting free agents starting in uh, about a week uh, and what they're able to, to build around Luka Doncic because here's a guy – who can play pretty much anything from one to four, as we said. Uh, he, you wouldn't want him to do that all the time, but you can do that with him. He's, he's, he mixes and matches very well. Uh, and he was the rookie of the year, and he's 20, 20, is he 20 years old, and he'll be 21 in, in the course of this season. So that's a lot uh, to attract other players. We'll, we'll see what they think about the possibilities of playing with him and Kristaps Porzingis. Um, but it's a very uh, promising time for the Mavericks. And who would have thought that? Uh, with Dirk going out the door, uh, when they drafted Dennis Smith Jr., they liked him. He's a nice nice player. He's certainly an explosive talent. Uh, maybe they could build something there. But there was no thinking at that point, okay, that they, they've got foundational pieces here and, and, uh, and they're ready to start building something. Uh, no one was thinking that. Uh, now with, uh, with the – the the draft or the trade for uh, Luca in the draft, and then with the the trade for Porzingis, uh, who certainly gives them a, another different element. Um, I, I think the 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 Mavericks have put themselves in a position where they are, I think, better than a fringe playoff prospect this season because I think they're going to be able to add a pretty good player here. Maybe what they're going to do is. Uh, as they, we say in poker lingo, split their aces here. Maybe instead of spending all their money on one player, maybe they're going to uh, add two pieces uh, and not go all in this season uh, if they feel like they're not going to be able to get the kind of impact player they want. And a lot of talk about adding a guy like Al Horford uh, who would be available. You know, if you read uh, some of these things, they, they put the, the Mavericks on the periphery, on the way outer periphery of a, a Kawhi Leonard discussion. And there's, there's no way that Kawhi Leonard is coming to the Mavericks. Uh, not, in my, not in my mind. Uh, not that he, you know, wouldn't mind playing probably with these guys. He He's just a California guy who wants to get back home. Uh, by everything you hear, uh, I would be I would really be surprised if he did not end up with the Clippers uh, because they can pay him, and because it'd be in L.A. and I think he likes that idea. So uh, I'm not sure what the Mavericks are going to end up doing here, um, but I expect them to be uh, um, a player in the in the free agent market, and I also expect them to be pretty good next year in the in a pretty fast transition because. Uh, the thing that Porzingis gives you alongside Doncic is is very similar styles. They're 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 both playmakers. They both uh, are European players who come from that uh, very selfless kind of uh, uh, high skill level basketball, uh, and uh, and so because they have played similar styles, 
um, I would expect the transition to be pretty seamless. Um, I don't I don't see any real problems, at least between those two. Now, it depends on what they're able to, to build around them. But it's a pretty good start on something pretty good. Uh, so we'll see what they are able to do going forward. Um, but I think that that is, uh, it was a phenomenal uh, revelation of that vote process uh, for Rookie of the Year with uh, Luca getting 98 out of 100 first place votes. I'm not even sure if that's a, a record. I should have looked that up. Do you, do you have any idea, Brian? I have no idea. I mean, it's hard to believe that anybody would get 99, 100. Will we get, will we get a, a unanimous vote? Uh, that sounds that sounds pretty ridiculous that you could do that. So they had uh, so now the the Mavericks are trying to the next step now is that they they've cleared that that hurdle everybody was out there for that we you know our own Brad Townsend was out there I was going to try to have Brad on to talk about all this uh, but Brad's trying to catch a flight coming back you know likely story yeah that's what I always say too these guys have always got excuses don't they they do yeah oh no I, I gotta you know I think I gotta let my dog out uh so anyway that was that was his uh that was his thing but there were a lot of people from the Mavericks there Cynthia Marshall was there and Mark Cuban was there um it was better a, yet his girlfriend and his wife and his mother sorry his mother were there you were dying to bring that up yeah. weren't you Ryan about that's what everybody's talking about everybody's today. talking about oh who's hotter Dirk uh Dirk uh, who's hotter his his girlfriend or his mother which is just kind of creepy to me I'm a little bit I'm a little bit loath to bring that kind of thing up of course his mother is probably I'm probably old enough to be her father you know so that's you know what that's the heck old. that's old i'm old yeah. yeah well you know that goes without saying um but anyway that that's just the world we live in that was were people asking that about oscar robertson when when he had his great rookie season probably not probably not that was 1960 it, i don't think his that, mom didn't look like oh Luca's mom. are you knocking oscar robertson's mom now oh my gosh no we just had a little more class back then we weren't uh we weren't talking about that kind of stuff of course i was only i was only four years old myself and i wasn't really couldn't really recall exactly what uh the big o's uh rookie season was all about um but you know he was a uh you know one of the things that is interesting to me about uh uh about the the body types and the type of players they were because because oscar robertson and uh, and and you've even seen Jim Jones told uh, Chuck Cooperstein this once when he was in Cleveland. He was talking about uh, you know he, here's a guy who played for Cleveland, uh, grew up in Cleveland, lives there now, uh, so he knows all of that scene. He knows all about LeBron James, and and he kind of compared the two. Uh, and not that you know Luke is certainly not nearly as explosive as Liz LeBron James, and he's not any kind of athlete like that. But the big bodies are are something, and able to do the things they can do with with the big bodies is comparable. And and we look at the fact that this last season was the first time that LeBron has ever really had any injury problems. Uh, and that's a that's a remarkable thing, uh, you know. Not only has he been one of the top, you know, two, three greatest players ever, um, he's also one of the most durable players ever. And for a guy who has played at the level he has for so long, that's really a remarkable thing. You're, you're really wanting to see, you know, <laughs> that's a pretty important thing. We we talked about that with Dak Prescott and about how 
Uh, all right, uh, it, Carson Wentz probably does have more talent. Uh, he certainly has more talent throwing the ball than uh, um, Dak Prescott has. That's uh, it's why he went in the top, what was it, the top two picks, uh, and why Dak was a uh, a fourth rounder. Uh, but Dak, uh, Carson has also had a lot of trouble staying healthy uh, in his first three years in the league, and Dak hasn't missed a game. So you know, at, at some point, you got to give people credit for that. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's just luck. Uh, maybe it's just genetics. Whatever it is, uh, availability is is one of the greatest abilities you can have. Uh, and uh, so we'll we'll see if uh, Luca can do that going forward. He he really uh, played at a high level for a long time last year. Kind of ran out of gas a little bit there towards the end, which is understandable for a rookie. Uh, I would expect that the the Mavericks have him on a regimen uh, now where they hope to maybe uh, uh, round him into shape a little bit better uh, as he grows up a little bit more and, and he matures, his body matures, and he'll end up being a guy who uh, maybe a little stronger even yet than he is uh, and maybe in a little better shape as well. I'm not saying that he wasn't in shape, but, you know, that's something certainly that you can improve. He improves that, and he improves his free throw shooting, which there's no reason why he wouldn't do that. Um, uh, as Eddie Sefko uh, once said when he was on our podcast, um, that makes a big difference. You know, I, um, I think that uh, in the end that uh, he was a 68% uh, free throw shooter, I believe. Um, and uh, you, you start making three or four more free throws a game, and now, now you go from uh, – 21 points a game to 24, 25 points a game. Uh, that's a big difference. Um, so I, I think that uh, there are certainly ways he can improve. I think he'll look better when he gets better players around him. Um, certainly that's always the case uh, with a guy who distributes the ball like he does. Um, he's such a uh, – he's so inventive and creative. And a few times you watch him kind of uh, run himself into a corner. Uh, guys are not always expecting – what it is that he wants you to do. That was the, always the old line about a great point guard. Uh, remember, better keep your hands up or you're going to get a ball on the nose. Uh, so he, he's the, you know, the thing that always struck me about Luca here in this first season, and I expected him to be really good because that's what everybody said. Uh, you know, I, I never bought the whole argument that, um, oh, he's not playing against, you know, uh, you know, really good college talent. So let me ask you something. Who do you think would be tougher to play against, Brian? Uh, men who've been playing for 10 or 15 years or a bunch of kids? Are you trying to – difference between European players and college players? That's it. That, yeah, that, that's where we're going. Brian, listen, don't – just answer the question. I ask you, <laughs> I ask you a question – I don't uh, expect the, uh, I'm sorry, the European player. European player. Yeah, well, yeah, that's absolutely. He was, he the, was men. the He was the MVP of the EuroLeague. I mean, come on. Uh, you don't. It's not NBA talent, but neither is college basketball. That's not NBA talent either. I mean, you, you only have to do is watch it and figure that out. So, I had I had no, uh, you know, I had no problems thinking he was going to have a really good year. I had no idea he'd be as good as he was. You know, I had and I'd not seen him play and just seen clips of him in Europe. And you know, the the thing about him watching him play, he he did remind me of Jason Kidd. And I, I always love watching Kidd play. Uh also a guy, a bigger guy, not super athletic, uh, but so inventive and creative and and uh and so smart on the floor. 
making plays that uh, that that you wouldn't expect. Uh, to me, that's always the mark of a great player is that it's not just that he makes the plays you, you want him to make, you know, he makes the shots you want him to make. He makes plays that you, you wouldn't expect a guy to make. Uh, that, those are the those are the real difference play, uh, makers in basketball. And <clears throat> excuse me, and that's what that's what he was uh, as a player. And and that's the fun thing to me about watching Luca is the just the things he tries and attempts to do, uh, and and more often than not succeeds. And of course, the the tremendous confidence, the confidence level is just off the charts. Uh, the the things he he wants to do and then knows that he can do. That's what enabled him to have such a great rookie season. Um, we'll see how teams adjust to him and, and what they do. Uh, I, I have every confidence that he will be to make the adjustments as well and that, uh, that he'll be in a little bit better shape, a little bit better at the free throw line, and, uh, and we'll be able to build on that, and especially as you, as you have parts that are uh, going up around him now with Porzingis and whatever the Mavericks are able to do in free agency. So congratulations to Luka Doncic on a Rookie of the Year season. That was a near-unanimous pick. The two guys who didn't go with him, I'm assuming maybe they work in Georgia uh, and maybe they felt uh, a responsibility to stand up for the local guy. I don't know. I know there were people who were uh, saying that's just ridiculous. He's not that much better than Trey Young. Um, uh I don't know that that the the vote tells you he's that much better. I think the vote just tells you this was the he, he was not competing. You know, Luke was not competing against Trey Young. He was competing against Oscar Robertson. You know, that that seemed to be what was in everybody's mind. So uh, that's going to do it for our uh, Mavericks slash Luca podcast. Brian, thanks for stepping in. Hey, no problem. Yeah, it's great to great to have you on talking about all that. Um, and, uh, and we're also going to have a Rangers podcast in which Evan is on the road. He is in Detroit where the Rangers are. Um, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that, uh, and where they are and what's going on with that team, uh, which will be without as Cabrera for three games for the entire Detroit uh, part of the swing for his little tantrum he threw last week. Um, and, uh, that was, that was knocked down from four games actually, but that's all stuff we're going to talk about on the Rangers podcast. And I don't want to pollute our Mavericks podcast with that or with Evan, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So from everybody in here, which is not very many of us today, just me and Brian, but from, uh, from Brian and from me the to Kevin Tierrington show yeah, to everybody out there. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mavericks Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.